for the Chief Justice and the Associate Justices of the Supreme Court of the United States. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the press, or the right of the people peacefully to assemble, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Students don't shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. Our voices matter because we're the ones best equipped to tell our own stories. Student journalism matters. This is Conversations at the Schoolhouse Gate, the New Voices podcast. Hi, and welcome to Conversations at the Schoolhouse Gate, the JEA Scholastic Press Rights Committee podcast focused on empowering student journalists and educating the greater community about their rights. My name is Emily Hussack, and I'm a teacher and advisor at Harrisonburg High School in Virginia. On this episode, I talked to Tiffany Kopsack, an advisor at Colonial Forge High School in Stafford, Virginia. Tiffany is part of the second campaign to pass New Voices legislation in Virginia. And today we talk about how to contact your local delegates and how you can take action in your own state if you are not yet protected under a New Voices bill. Here is my conversation with Tiffany. Tiffany, can you explain briefly what New Voices is and the process of having the bill passed? New Voices is a initiative to restore something called the Tinker Standard to student journalism classrooms across the state. Um, the Tinker Standard was set in the 60s when students were protesting the Vietnam War and were got in trouble for it, sued to all the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled that neither teachers nor students lose their constitutional right to the First Amendment at the schoolhouse gates. Um, later in the 80s, another court case came into play that gave administration the power to um, censor students on a wide variety of, of reasons, and that has been maybe overused and abused in quite a few situations. So we're trying to eliminate the um, the current status and go back to the original status from the 60s. We have a bill in both the House and the Senate. Um, last year, the House bill went all the way through an educational committee sub-hearing and was uh, defeated, but barely. And that's pretty exciting, actually, that it did get into subcommittee and that it was so close to passing. Uh, many bills take many years to get passed. So we're already in, in good standing. Um, we are getting ready to go into our second legislative cycle with this bill. Uh, fortunately, after the elections last night, our two sponsors, Delegate Hearst and Delegate um, Rima, I think that's how you say her last name, are still in place and hopefully still very much into this as they're both former journalists. So our goal this year is to um, make more delegates and representatives aware of it so that it goes through the House subcommittee um, and so that when it gets through the House subcommittee and goes up for a main vote, that it's not a surprise to people because people don't vote on surprises. They, they want to know what it's all about. So making sure that the voting public is aware, and by public I mean the delegates, and then also get it active in the Senate as well because in order to pass the bill, we need to get it through the House, through the Senate, and then across the governor's desk. To do that, we're going to spread awareness and encourage uh, journalists from across the state to reach out to their local delegates and schedule a meeting and sit down and have a conversation. I mean, delegates, sorry, journalists 
are phenomenal at talking to strangers. Let's use those fantastic skills that we have. And then we will also be hosting a lobby day in January to bring um, journalists, student journalists and their advisors down to the House of Delegates and the General Assembly and actually go knock on doors and go make appointments, have office hours, talk to their delegates there as well, just kind of en masse to say, we're serious about this, this is important. With elections and changes in state government, how can a student find out who their delegate is? So it's crazy easy to find out who your delegate is. You can just Google who's my delegate. <laughs> there are a bunch of websites that will help direct you to that. Um, this is meant to be a student-driven campaign. Um, advisors' rights are not the ones that are being trampled on. It, it's the students. So advisors are out to kind of support the students and give them the resources so that they can truly be advocates in this situation. We're working on a better website to get access to more information for people, but there's lots of stuff on the New Voices website about um, Virginia. So you can go, if you just Google New Voices in Virginia, you'll find the Student Press Law Center's uh, website that they've covered what we've already done. The bill language is right there. Writing letters, even if you don't want to go talk to anybody, just pencil and paper, do it by hand. Emails are great, but a handwritten letter really goes far. Check your grammar first, because we're journalists. When meeting with a delegate, you might only have a few minutes of their attention. What are the main talking points a student should include when meeting with a delegate or writing a letter to them? Well, anytime you write to somebody, you need to know what you want out of them. So you make sure that you're telling them you want them to support this bill. Um, and then why? Why is it important to you as a student in your learning? Why is it important to you as a student learning how to be a member of society? Why does journalism matter to you? No one should put words into your mouth. So go find out what this is all about and think about what it means for you and your press room. Um, if you have been censored, and don't forget that you know teachers are the administrators in many situations. So if your teacher has told you to write something, that is them speaking for administration or them speaking because they know how administration will react in those, those are issues. So if you have an experience, share it. If you know a graduate who's had an experience, whether or not a student journalist anymore or are, the delegates have no idea what's going on in our press rooms. Our principals don't even know what's going on in our press rooms many times. So making them aware of why this is a problem and how easy it is to fix it is a fantastic achievable goal. Uh, so for states who have never had a bill go to the floor, what's sort of the first and second step? Like if they don't know where to start, where could someone start with this process? So they need to find an advocate. Um, you can work with the Student Press Law Center. They actually have a new voices advocate now who's going to help to, you know, as part of supporting student journalists is going to help to get this law passed. Um, you need an advocate. You need someone in the House or the Senate or whatever your legislative body is to sponsor your bill, which means they follow the paperwork and they do their willing and dealing that happens behind closed doors because most of it, you know, they have hearings, but it's not about the hearings. It's, it's what's happening as one delegate goes and talks to another delegate and one at lobbyist goes and talks to a delegate, whatever the case may be. And so you need to get a... Um, a sponsor. You can write the bill for them. There's lots of language out there. Uh, we do have quite a few that are in process. And once again, they're all on the SPLC's website for New Voices. And New Voices is all about getting these student journalists talking. I mean, they're the New Voices. What about the people who, like Virginia, 
we have had it go to a vote in a subcommittee once before. How do we restart or kind of do we have to restart or reset or can we go right back to those same delegates and pick up where we left off? Well, that's the next phone call I'm making is to see if we're going back to our same delegates. I, I emphatically believe that um, Delegate Hearst is still very much behind this and a strong advocate for um, this, this bill. So I'm positive that he's still with us. Um, if he got it before a subcommittee one time, I'm positive where they are gonna be able to get that again. It is very rare to have a bill get passed in the first year, much less the second year. As we continue to educate, once again, we're great at educating and informing. We're great at informing uh, the right people, which would include the other delegates in the subcommittee. We're gonna need to find out who those are so we can reach out to them, uh, especially the students that are in their districts need to reach out to them. And I'll be reaching out to those schools to make sure that those kids know that. There, there are three organizations that are the only ones speaking out against this bill. It's the Association of Principals, the Association of Superintendents, and the Association of School Boards. So another way that students and staff can um, can work with this is to just talk to your own principal about this. You know, see if you can get him or her on supporting the bill and what resources they have to advocate on your behalf to their own organizations, so their own organizations kind of step out of the way. The delegates in those subcommittees are listening to the associations who are professional lobbyists and not quite as much to the individuals who are in the situation. What would you do again? So going at this a second time or a third time or fourth time, what are some tips uh, and some advice that you would give to other student journalists for things that we have learned in Virginia, what not to do and what we would like to do differently when approaching those certain groups and delegates? We've barely did the legwork the first time, which is why it's so important to get the legwork in this time. I think Delegate Hurst did a lot of the work with this first round, and even just by himself. He got a number of sponsors. Um, I don't think he's completely by himself, but there definitely was not a grassroots movement. The exciting thing about the whole process is that the grassroots movement is so effective here. I mean, all people need to do is go talk to their delegates. This is a bipartisan issue. There are a number of reasons why Democrats and Republicans can both support this, and independents should definitely support this, because it's very much about the root rights to have communication and to be able to speak what you want to speak. One of the big issues is how much can an administrator's personal opinions affect what the content of a student publication and whether that principle is uh, liberal-leaning or conservative-leaning should not impact a student publication in any way. And then briefly, how does the New Voices Act protect schools, uh, including school administration and superintendents? Depends on what policies the school board already has in place for publication. The problem with the current, the current way things are written is that the principal is in charge of student publications in many situations. And since he or she is not directly involved in the publication, that to me is risky. Um, my county has a very strange policy that um, we're working on actually revising right now that says that the principal is the editor, and I'm, I, as the advisor, am the co-editor. So it completely takes authority away from the students. And yet, when the student the, he has no involvement with how the students publish things, so if complaints come to his desk, then by our policy, he's accountable for it. With the new policy, say, with new bill, a new policy saying that it is a student-run publication, 
it's much easier to say, you know, that is a academic program. The words of those students do not speak for the school or the school board. And I think it's really important to separate those two things so that there can be open discourse at the student level. If the student voices are being used to speak for the school board or the principal or the superintendent or the teacher, then they're not being used properly. The administration is taking on responsibility for language that it should not have on its plate. Okay, well, Tiffany Kopsack of Colonial Forge High School in Stafford, Virginia, thank you so much. Anything else you wanna say as people go forward in their New Voices campaigns, whether in Virginia or elsewhere in the US? Absolutely, I do want to say something else, because I'm going through some personal growth here, too, where I am definitely one of those people who says, you know, it, it'll be taken care of, someone will take care of it. And that's not the case, the someone at us. And it does not hurt to ask, the head of the SPLC had this fantastic line, she said that her mother raised her that to say, no, like, if you don't ask, they can't say yes. There is nothing to be lost in calling a de delegate. There's nothing to be lost in speaking to your superintendent or your principal. There's only stuff to be gained. It doesn't take a whole lot of time. And it really is important to be a, an advocate for your own voice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And remember, student voices matter. Yes, they do. Now more than ever.